Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. From the field to the court to the rink, get your sports on AM 950 and 95.7 FM. The sports leader, ESPN Rochester. Bills Bengals, Sunday with pregame starting at 9 o'clock here on ESPN Rochester. Let's learn a little bit more about the Cincinnati Bengals in 2019. From the host of the Orange and Black podcast, Anthony Casenza joining us in the sports bar. Anthony, how are you? I'm doing well, Gene. How are you doing? Yeah, uh, Anthony, uh, it's uh, Gene in danger here. We sound alike. So, uh, Anthony, what? Um, <laughs> it's uh, gosh, who's closer here? Uh, the version of the Bengals is it the team that probably should have won that game in Seattle, or is it the team that got waxed last week? Tell us who who are the real Cincinnati Bengals heading here to Buffalo. Well, that's still a question remaining to be answered. Uh, and that's a question that I think both the team and its fan base are, is asking itself right now. I think a lot of people, if you were to ask that locker room after the week one result, if you were to ask some of those players, I think they would have said, hey, this is what we're capable of. We've been telling you this all off offseason. Um, and then if you were to kind of pull the fan base after week two, that's kind of what the fan base would have told you. This is what we expected to see, probably a, a struggle of a year for the Bengals. So, Personally speaking, I think it's probably somewhere in between. Uh, I have long said that this is a team that is probably better in terms of a a record standpoint than they were last year when they won six games and had a massive amount of injuries. I don't think this is a team that is a double-digit win team by any stretch. Um, You know, probably something that uh, caps out at eight or nine wins, especially if and when some of these critical players come back and get healthy. Anthony, uh, one thing that has changed from last year to this year is the head coach, and Zach Taylor looks to be getting more uh, out of this offense, although it's still kind of short on talent with A.J. Green still being on on the sidelines with that uh, bad foot. I'm, I'm curious as to what you've seen out of Andy Dalton through two weeks of the Zach Taylor regime, and we always talk about the assumption of rational coaching. My God, you have a speedster that's actually getting used in the passing game, and John Ross, talk about the Bengals' offense through two weeks. Well, the, the run game has been atrocious, yes. and uh, that is uh, much in part of the offensive line. Uh, there, there are a number, you know, you mentioned A.J. Green being out of the lineup. Zach Taylor has done a good job of being able to concoct passing schemes that play to Andy Dalton's strengths. He is, I believe, the second leading passer in the NFL in terms of passing yardage right now, Andy Dalton is. So he's, he's getting the ball out. They're using the short, intermediate routes quite frequently, those timing routes. Uh, kind of throwing guys open, quote-unquote, if you want to use that. These are things that play to Andy Dalton's strengths, and I think that Zach Taylor has done a good job of that. Now, what they haven't been able to do is utilize play action to be able to properly sell that because of the struggles of the offensive line. Um, They've let up, I believe, it's been eight or nine sacks the first two weeks combined. Uh, No Jonah Williams, the number 11 overall pick by the Bengals. He tore his labrum uh, early in the the spring-summer 
So he's been out. Hopefully he'll be back later in the year. They had him slated to be left tackle, but he's out. The guy who was last year's left tackle and who had been slated to move inside to guard, but then take over at left tackle for Jonah Williams, Cordy Glenn, you guys are familiar with him. He's been out the first two weeks with a concussion, still dealing with that. Last week, the Bengals lost a guard, Michael Jordan, a rookie, uh, to a knee injury. So it has been an absolute mess on, on the offensive line. It's uh, Zach Taylor's had a lot to a lot to deal with on that front. He's making it work in the pass game, but not so much on the ground. Anthony Casenza, he is the host of the Orange and Black podcast. Um, year nine for Andy Dalton. Year nine. I mean, Anthony, how many more years can you give this guy without any playoff victories? Or, I mean, is this good? I mean, what are, what are the chances that he becomes a, a later day Rich Gannon and figures it out and wins meaningful playoff games? Anthony, what, what are your thoughts on Andy Dalton and where the future lies at that position for the Cincinnati Bengals? Well, in terms of the, the question of Rich Gannon and kind of a late late career renaissance, I think that that's the hope with Dalton being married now to Zach Taylor as head coach. I think that, you know, the, the, the hope is that, you know, Dalton has been a guy for his first eight seasons who's been under a defensive-minded head coach in Marvin Lewis, a guy who was known as kind of a rigid, old-school, um, you know, defensive-first type of guy, not really the most innovative mind in terms of offense that they were. The hope is that, you know, some of these things that Zach Taylor is bringing to the table is going to, you know, light a, a new fire under Andy Dalton and have him playing well. In some respects, he is playing some of his best football of his career. In others, it's a lot of the same up and ups and downs that you've seen from Andy Dalton throughout his career. Um, you know, I, I think there is a lot of unrest amidst the fan base. In, in terms of the quarterback position, I think they see some of the prospects that are going to be coming out in 2020, 2021 uh, in those drafts, and they, I, I think they would like to see the Bengals potentially make a, a move for one of those guys. Obviously, this front office, probably even Zach Taylor, feel pretty good, at least it, for the time being with, with Andy Dalton, because they had opportunities to draft a quarterback this year, and they did not do that. Um, they waited all the way until the fourth round to get a quarterback in, in Ryan Finley, who's now uh, Andy Dalton's backup. So the team, at least for now, feels pretty good. He's he's getting a lot of paid a lot of money, but it's actually you know no guarantee. So the, the team could cut ties with Dalton either you know sometime this year if they want to do it, or even next year, and not really pay any penalties. So I think for now they've got him on a team friendly deal. At at worst, he's a bridge guy for the next year or two. Um, maybe he does have that career renaissance like you mentioned with Rich Gannon, but uh, remains to be seen now with 14 games left in the year and a patchwork offensive line. Anthony, uh, with an offensive-minded head coach in Cincinnati and Zach Taylor, what's going on with the defense? We know that they haven't been very good against the run, which actually when you factor that the Bills may be down Devin Singletary, uh, that might might actually improve a little bit. They might look a little bit better trying to stop Frank Gore and TJ Yeldon. Talk about the Bengals' defense through two weeks of the season. So that was probably the biggest pleasant surprise in week one against Seattle is how the Bengals' defense played. They really stifled the Seahawks' offense. I think the Seahawks had uh, just under 250 total yards on offense. I think only about 40 or so on the ground. So, um, you know, they they really played well. As I spoke to some people who were pretty familiar with the 49ers after this week's game and during the game, uh, it it had been made known that Kyle Shanahan saw some things on film 
to exploit the Bengals' defense. What Seattle had done in week one is basically kind of run right at the Bengals' defense, right up the middle. Um, and the linebackers that the Bengals employ have limitations, but they you know, were able to make some plays in week one on that front. In week two, San Francisco really spread the ball out, used a lot more sweeps and, and outside zone runs a lot of screen passes, and you could see the limitations of the Bengals' linebackers in terms of lateral play uh, and sideline-to-sideline speed or lack thereof. So I think that uh, that's kind of the the weak area of of the Bengals in terms of their defense. They obviously have a couple of of very good players on the defensive line. Gino Atkins, Sam Hubbard's been playing well, Carlos Dunlap. Uh, So they've got some good players up front. The safeties were very very good last year, but they are currently ranked as two of the the worst safeties by pro football focus metrics. So that's been a bit surprising in terms of their regression. Overall, again, still trying to figure out who they are. Very good week one performance, absolutely atrocious week two performance. They've got a lot of things to clean up. Buffalo Bills six-point favorites in their home opener against Cincinnati. Our guest is the host of the Orange and Black podcast on the SB Network, Anthony Cosenza. Anthony, uh, going back to the year of uh, the Bengals on Hard Knocks, I remember watching and, gosh, this team plays underneath uh, a, a freeway. What, it, it, and the reputation that, that Mike Brown has had over the years – do the Bengals still have this reputation of, of being cheap? Is this an owner that's doing everything he needs to do to make sure that uh, his franchise is competing at the highest level? Boy, that's a loaded question there. Um, <laughs> you know, it depends on who you ask, right? Uh, you know, a lot of people would say, look, the Bengals are a team. They've told you who they are in terms of their free agency approach. They like to, they like to draft, develop, and keep their key players. A lot of times they before their key players hit free agency, they extend them to big, lucrative contracts. Um, that's why they've hung on to Geno Atkins, a potential Hall of Fame player, for as long as they have. Carlos Dunlap, one of their best defensive ends they've ever had as a franchise. He's basically a lifelong Bengal, A.J. Green. The list goes on and on there. Uh, but when you look at some of the way the perennial championship teams operate, when you look at the way that teams who have always been pretty good and don't stay down long if they have an offseason. They just do things a little differently in terms of being aggressive in the draft, in terms of moving up to get a player that they truly covet instead of waiting back and seeing who falls to them. The Bengals are more in the latter category. Uh, The Bengals aren't aggressive in outside free agency at all unless they happen to be a former Buffalo Bills player, apparently. (laughs) Um, then, Then they go after him. But, you know, to me, the biggest... The biggest issue with this team is they have made it known that they they live and die by the draft and who they get in those classes, but they employ one of the smallest scouting staffs in the NFL, and they aren't very aggressive, as I mentioned, moving up in the draft to get some of these higher caliber players. So to me, there's kind of a little bit of a contradiction there going on. Um, They also don't have the indoor practice facility. That's a big issue for a lot of different fans and maybe even some of the players in that locker room if you ask them. But, um, you know, I think they're slowly moving in, in, a, in a right direction. I think Marvin Lewis, believe it or not, probably helped push that. But, uh, you know, it, it is a slow-moving franchise. It's kind of run as more of a family business instead of a, you know, a business enterprise, if you will. So, um, you know, it is what it is with the Bengals and their ownership. 
Anthony, Gene mentioned uh, the Bills as six-point favorites. Uh, I, for one, can see multiple ways that Cincinnati can come into a new era field and surprise the Bills and and upset the Bills uh, on their home opener. Paint a picture from where you sit. How do the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Buffalo Bills on Sunday? What needs to happen? Well, I think they need to get Cordy Glenn healthy, and that's up in the air uh, as we sit here in the middle of the week. Um, he's still dealing with a concussion, as I mentioned. I think they need to get him healthy. The left tackle spot, manned by Andre Smith, who has never been an NFL left tackle through all of his years, that's been a mess. I think if, if Cordy Glenn comes back and gets healthy uh, and is healthy and plays pretty well, that's going to be a huge key for the Cincinnati Bengals. They need to get the run game going. They need to come up with some sort of scheme to get Joe Mixon, a guy who led the AFC in rushing yards last year, to get him going. They need to come up with schemes to maximize Giovanni Bernard's versatility. Uh, I think the passing yardage and the passing plays will be there, as you've seen over the last couple of weeks. I think John Ross, you guys touched on him earlier, he has got off to a very hot start. I think if you feed him the ball, he'll make some plays despite maybe a drop or two by him. Uh, You know, the Bengals have to have almost everything go right this week, given their health issues, given the way things went last week. Um, they're they're set to face here in the month of September three road games. Um, the last the last game against San Francisco was their lone home game for the first month. So um, you know if they're gonna if they're gonna make something happen here, it needs to be pretty quick. They need to get healthy. They need to get that run game going, and um, they they got to tackle better. Last week's tackling was absolutely atrocious, and uh, you know guys were kind of sliding off running backs, wide receivers with great frequency, and they can't have that happen this week. Anthony, I don't know if you knew this or not, but um, the Cincinnati Bengals helped the Buffalo Bills back into the playoffs that one year, and I'm sure uh-huh. they're going to show the Dalton throw again. And do, what, what do Bengals fans <laughs> think of Bills fans? Do you just kind of roll your eyes? Uh, or because because to me, yeah, we, I would like to move on, but I'm sure we're going to relive that, even though that happened two years ago. Hey, we, I mean. From a from a fan standpoint, I would assume there are no there's no ill feelings or bad blood that I know of. Um, really, it, it's the relationship between these two franchises has been very odd, especially over the past couple of years. They're, they have a similar profile of player that they seem to like. I actually mocked uh, in an earlier season mock. I, I mocked drafted Bengals Ed Oliver at number uh, number eleven. Thought he would slide maybe a couple spots there. The Bengals also showed quite a bit of interest in Cody Ford, who I now know is an offensive lineman uh, with, with Buffalo. The Bengals brought over John Miller, who's their starting right guard. There's a lot of weird synergy for, between these two teams. They almost act like they're division rivals. They play each other pretty frequently. Um, so, I mean, from a fan base to fan base standpoint, uh, we don't have any problem with, with Bills fans. It's just odd to see the relationship between these two franchises and the players that seemingly bounce back and forth between these two teams. It's, it's kind, of, uh, kind of funny to watch sometimes. Anthony, do you have a, a pre or a pre early week prediction for Sunday's game? Have you made up your mind on how this goes on Sunday? I actually have not, but since you're putting me on the spot, uh, I will say uh, I did like some of the things I saw out of Josh Allen last week. I saw he did miss one big uh, wide open throw for a possible touchdown, but mm. he made many other plays that were quite impressive. Um, I think if the Bengals cannot pressure him, it's going to be another long day. I think it will be probably closer than than some expect, maybe from. If you looked at the Bengals' score from San Francisco against San Francisco last week, I think I would go probably 23-20 Bills. Um, I would be I would be safe safe in predicting that. I guess. 
We're simpatico there, Anthony. I'm, I'm, I, I would take the Bengals and the points in this one, Anthony. Uh, first time we've had somebody on in the middle of jury duty. You, you stepped up today, <laughs> my friend. Appreciate it. Hey, I, I just got, I just got done with it, early, just a little bit before we went on the call. So I'm in, a, I'm in a great mood. Love it, <laughs> Anthony. Appreciate your time. Let our listeners know where they can uh, read and hear more of your work. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I write for CincyJungle.com, which is part of the SB Nation. Uh, NFL Network of Blogs. I also run the podcast, the SB Nation family of podcasts. It, as you guys mentioned, it's the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. I run it with a co-host, John Sheeran, who also is a writer at CincyJungle.com. You can follow me on Twitter at CJAnthonyCUI or the podcast itself at BengalsOBI. Great stuff, Anthony. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Be good. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. You got it. Anthony Casenza, he's the host of the Orange and Black podcast. In the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia. Yeah, it is kind of strange how, yeah, Bills fans love Bengal fans and donating money to Andy Dalton's yeah. charity. I don't know, man. Just let's move on. Let's move on with our day. It's not, you're going to have that play in the pregame, I'm oh, telling you. Oh, good. Oh, good yeah, deal. and you're going to watch it on TV and oh, like, good. That, you could, you could, how would you phrase this in the bet you didn't know game? Bet you didn't know the Bills wouldn't have made the playoffs without that help from Cincinnati. Yeah. Hmm. Bet you didn't know Chris Hogan played lacrosse. Did you know that Le'Veon Bell is a patient runner? Have you heard that before? Did you know? <laughs> Did you know that? Oh, give me some more here. Jimmy Graham played basketball in college, Gene. Were you aware? <laughs> had not heard that. You had me at Le'Veon Bell, patient runner. Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard, Gene. Did you know Ryan Fitzpatrick wears his wedding band every football game? Philip Rivers has 21 children. <laughs> that is not true. Did you know? Not true. He likes to have babies. <laughs> 21. How about... How about former Buffalo Bills, current Miami Dolphins tight end, Nick O'Leary? He's the grandson of Jack Nicholas. Can you imagine? No, I don't believe that. He'd be playing golf. He wouldn't be playing football. It's true. I don't believe it. And I don't know if you heard this. Pat Mahomes, you know, NFL MVP Pat Mahomes. Yeah. His dad played professional baseball. I love baseball. I love the Mets. I would have remembered baseball. that, Mike. Baseball. I would have remembered crazy? that. Isn't that crazy? He played baseball. Wow. Andy Dalton helped the Buffalo Bills secure a playoff berth and end the playoff drought. Tell me more, because I haven't heard it enough. I think the question, it's not a betting proposition if they show it or not. In what oh. quarter? They, they, it, second quarter, if I had to say. That, that's CBS second quarter and mm. coming out of break. Right after the wings, they'll, they'll show the, you know, the, you know, being tossed in the, the bowl there. You know, the shot of Niagara Falls. Other standby stock footage they use from I Buffalo. I feel like it's a first quarter story. I feel like it's a first quarter narrative. That's going to come out in the first quarter. The guy who. Andy Dalton, who Bills fans, Bills have fans stepped us. up and they gave him to his charity and blah blah blah. Okay, can we move on? <sighs> All right, I'll drink to that. Is on the way next. Takes on tap. Our little take space in the sports bar. 
politicians. Oh, politicians. Now, if you're a politician Ugh. listening, if you're going to propose something, make sure you do your homework first because what this clown is proposing in New York State will I don't want to say destroy, that's too strong a word. I don't, it will cripple sports on the collegiate I, level in New York this State. This is one of those cripple. things. This is one of those things, Gene. When, when I see it, I think, all right, this guy isn't serious. He's just trying to get, get attention. Yeah. He wants his name on a headline. He wants his name in a story. And so he's going to propose something that's absolutely ridiculous. Even if it means po- you know, proposing something ridiculous. Hey, at least you're in the news cycle, pal. Yeah, this is not the California bill that it, they're waiting to sign into law, the governor is, apparently. Um, this goes way beyond it. So we'll tell you what, and you're going to hear the headline tonight and be like, what? Well, we're going to tell you why this doesn't have a prayer. You know that uh, James Conner of the Steelers, did you hear that he had cancer, Gene? No. He had cancer. <laughs> I should be laughing at that. That's terrible. Thanks, Dave. Dave, one of our regulars on Twitter, reminding us. I completely forgot. Please remind me again every Sunday for the rest of the season. Can we do that? Every Sunday. I want to know. Just remind me that 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 guy recovered from cancer. Um, All right. I'll drink to that. It's on the way next. And we've also got Marcel Louis Jacques covering the Buffalo Bills for ESPN.com, joining us for his regular spot here on a Wednesday afternoon. You're in the Sports Bar. Danger and Bataglia, AM 950, 95.7 FM, and ESPN Rochester on the Radio.com app. Rochester's most listened to sports station invites you into the locker room at ESPNRochester.com. Our little tribe of super fans, sports junkies, and competitive degenerates. Join now for breaking news updates, free tickets and prizes, game highlights, player and expert interviews, and unprecedented access to the best that ESPN Rochester has to offer. The locker room at ESPNRochester.com. Free to join and packed with action. From AM 950 and 95.7 FM, the sports leader, ESPN Rochester.